Welcome to the Bullets Forever podcast. Uh, my name is Jake Whitaker. I used to write a lot about Kevin Durant, not so much anymore. But, um, you know, here we are to do a podcast. Um, hey, Mike Sykes, do you remember that song Hotline Bling? Yeah, of course. Yeah, it was really big in uh, 2015, but then it kind of faded into obscurity. Uh, you know what else was big in 2015 and faded into obscurity? Uh-huh. I don't know. I can't. I can't think of anything. What? What? What are you thinking of? Uh, the Toronto Raptors. Oh wow! Uh, yeah, you're right. Oh, well, except they didn't. Well, they came back, and um, now they are the best team in the East, at least in terms of regular season record. God's plan. So, yeah. So we should probably talk about how the Wizards will match up against this team in a playoff series, but um, we also have to start by talking about something else that was. Uh, popular in 2015 and faded into obscurity that is now in the news again and that's ty lawson who is now a washington wizard for some reason wow this is incredible 2015 is coming back yes it's all you know and and and, you know fittingly ty lawson um growing up near the dc area just like kevin durant who is a free agent this summer connect the dots as you will um but um Besides the potential uh, KD to DC round two angle, um, why do you think the Wizards did this? I honestly can't put my finger on it. I, I think, um, like we were talking about in the uh, in the Bullets Forever thread um, earlier today, I think. Oh, that's the phone. Um, I think. I think. Uh, you know, it it makes sense for them to do it if. Otto Porter and Mike Scott are both hurt and they're hurting at the forward position and you you might have to get um Sadaransky some some time at the uh at small forward. Right? But like other than that, I can't really think of a reason for them to make this signing. They already had four point guards on the roster. Um there's really no need for for another guard. It's it's not like Ty Lawson's this scorer or um the shooter like like Jody Meeks, right? Like he only brings ball handling, and and so I I, I think um, the the only reasonable uh, conclusion that I can come to is that um, Sadoransky's going to have to play play some wing in the playoffs, and that might leave um, you know some 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 minutes at at backup point that that need to be soaked up. So uh, hopefully that's not the case because Ty Lawson's not very good, but uh, we'll see. Okay, so. I have a couple thoughts. First, what would you say the, like, if you had to put a percent odds on it, like, what are the chances that Ty Lawson right now is better than Ramon Sessions and Tim Frazier? Um, uh, 35%, I guess. Okay. I, I think that's, that's reasonable, you know, considering like he literally played a game in China on Wednesday now has to fly to America. <laughs> you know, you know, we talk about like, you know, rest, you know, doing a cross country trip. My man is flying halfway around the globe and, you know, he's going to like be in the U S for a day and then he's got to go up to Canada and, you know, we'll see. Like, I, I just, I, I think, you know, maybe there's an outside chance that, He's up to speed enough with the offense that he could be ready to play by like game two or game three. But, you know, I, I it just feels weird. And 
And it, it almost makes you wonder if it's just, it's really not about this year, whatever it is. Because, I mean, clearly Washington couldn't make this deal happen until Lawson's team was eliminated from the playoffs last night in China. And, you know, there had been talk that, um, you know, the Wizards had interest in Lawson back in February, which, um, you know, I, I looked into it more and it was like, that was right around when the regular season ended. Mm-hmm. But for some reason in China, the playoffs don't start for like another three weeks after the regular season ends. And that's part of why it's taken so long for Lawson to finally get out of his deal. But um, yeah, so it, you kind of wonder if it's almost just like the Wizards making good on some kind of, you know, some promise, some agreement made behind closed doors. And that's all it is. And, you know, considering, you know, what's out there, you know, there probably wasn't like a wing or a big man who could really come in and do anything useful. So you might as well honor your commitment and just, you know, stay in the agent's good graces. There's also the chance that, you know, this is kind of like just taking a flyer on a guy. Um, you get him in your system for a little bit, see if he's still got the goods. And if he does, you have more intel on him than anybody else in free agency. You also have his non-bird rights. You can sign him. And then, you know, because Sessions and Frazier are both expiring, they're not coming back. Uh, maybe you still want to try to make Sadoransky your kind of like combo wing, do it all guy. And if so, then you need another point guard guy. And maybe that's Ty Lawson. It's kind of a roundabout way. And I'm not really um, feeling great about that if that's the case, but it's on the table. And then there is, like you said, the chance that Ty Lawson, who has not played a single second in the NBA, will be playing in the playoffs for the Wizards. And, um, you know, I don't, it's not that, um, you know, I doubt the Wizards scouting. Maybe they think he's ready to go and maybe, you know, he is just that much better than, you know, what Frazier and Sessions have brought. But it just seems like, you know, with what you can get away with in the playoffs, you know, you could play Sadoransky with Wall. You could play with Beal. You really don't need a backup at every position. So it's kind of like, you know, why? And, you know, so I I still kind of lean toward the, you know, maybe this is a play for next season, but, uh, you know, it wouldn't be the first time the Wizards have turned to someone who wrapped up a season in China to play playoff minutes for them. Shout out Will Bynum 2015. Exactly. So. Exactly. That that's kind of that's that's how I I'm I'm kind of looking at this is that this was they had a roster spot to fill that they probably should have filled with you know another two way uh, contract player or some young dude with um you know that that has some sort of potential but instead they just went and got a guy who is pretty much a retread of um the the other two backup point guards to the backup point guard that they already have like it, it, he he literally he just doesn't bring anything um to the table that i i don't see uh tim fraser or ramon sessions bringing um like you said it, it might be a long-term play but i just don't know if this this is the time to make that though yeah i mean it, it's not like uh ty lawson is known as a uh wonderful locker room presence either so right. 
I mean, you know, you're playing in China as a way of, you know, maybe um, adjusting people's thoughts on the world and basketball and life, but you know, that remains to be seen. So uh, we'll see how that plays out, but um, I'm sure uh, Twitter will have a field day if Lawson is playing game one and is is not uh, (laughs) up to speed. I mean, that would be uh, some wild stuff, but yeah, because I mean, it's just, it's not depth. It can't be depth, though. There has to be some kind of reason. <laughs> there has to be something else. There has to be something else here. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, not making that um, Tim Frazier trade look any better. Not that it, you know, really mattered, but yeah, it, it was, it was, it didn't matter in the grand scheme, but like, man, <laughs> we could have, we, we didn't have to waste our time the first third of the season uh letting tim fraser get these backup minutes instead of letting uh sadoransky flourish but but whatever it, it's yeah. it it is what it is believe it or not the wizards beat the raptors though in the game tim fraser started for, for right. washington had uh, so, what, 14 assists in that game right uh something like that but yet at the same time, like the big takeaway, it felt like from that game was, oh, Tomas Sadoransky is pretty good. Maybe he should play more. And that's kind of, you know, like, like in that first John Wall injury stint before the big surgery, um, you know, it felt like two or three games in, everyone realized Sadoransky was better, but it felt weird to take Frazier out of the lineup. <laughs> so they had to <laughs> just like keep starting him and then shuffle him out real quick to, uh, you know, kind of keep the continuity going, but, um, so yeah, let's talk a little bit about this playoff series because I think it's very easy to make parallels between this series and 2015 for all the understandable reasons. But I, and, and I mean, I feel the same kind of gloom and despair and like in 2015, I had no confidence in the wizards going into that playoff series. But, um, you know, they proved me wrong and, you know, it was great. Uh, this year, I feel the same way, but I think um, the reasons I wasn't confident in 2015 are not the same reasons. Sure. I'm not confident now. And I'm not sure the issues the Wizards had in 2015 are as easy to correct. So, like, like we knew the Wizards had this secret weapon lineup with Pearson Porter that they just never played until, you know, playoff Randy broke it out in the first round. It works great. And suddenly the Wizards are the the team that everyone wanted them to be. Uh, this year, I'm not sure where that lineup is or what that, uh, you know, what that, you know, secret weapon is that can unlock something well, like, for Washington. So, like, so like it's, it's John Wall, right? Like, yeah, he, in he, theory. Played half the season, didn't play the Raptors at all, right? Right, and um, is is like is the Wizards' best player, right? Yes, like, I guess I guess you can can debate whether like Brad Brad was the Wizards' most valuable player this year. He was their most consistent player and their healthiest player, um, which is insane for uh, Bradley Beal. But like, is as far as um, skill, value, shot creation, John Wall's better. Um, with that being said, though, I I think uh, me personally, like I I'm I'm confident that this Wizards team is is good. I think they're probably good enough to beat the Raptors. Weirdly enough, but I just don't think they'll do it. I think um, you know we'll probably get a, a 
a ton of close games, right? And the Wizards will lose three of four and then win one and um and lose the series uh 4-1 or, or 4-2 or whatever but like most of the games will be close because like i don't think that the as, as far as the starting lineup goes i don't think like the talent disparity is that bad but once you get into the bench which like uh, the rotation shortens in the playoffs but you still have to go to actual bench players the raptors are far and away better um than than the wizards and a lot of a lot of the guys on the raptors roster are young um, their bench guys, uh, like Fred Van Vliet, um, Pascal Siakam, who, who was there last year? Um, Jakob Carroll. <laughs> well, he was there. Now he's gone. Yeah. He's, he's, he's a, he's a net now, um, yeah. torturing, torturing the wizards in, in another uniform. Yes. But, um, but yeah, so, so, I mean, they have a lot of young guys who, who aren't like super experienced in this spot, but like at the same time, um, you know, they're good. They're good young guys who who I, I and I I kind of think the playoff experience thing is is a bit overrated, especially when you got a team like the Wizards that like they can put together really good stretches, but like there are also stretches where they just look like they're so disinterested in playing and, and don't want to play with each other um, that they just look like they did for the last three weeks, right? So I don't know. I I, I think it, the Wizards are a good team, but but I just they they're not winning the series. Yeah, and and I think a big difference with, you know, people, you know, always point out, you know, Toronto gets ahead a lot in the regular season because they have such a great bench unit. And, you know, that was the case even back in 2015 when they had Gravis Vasquez and Patrick Patterson and Lou Williams. But, like, the difference then was, like, that bench unit worked well as a cohesive unit. And when you broke it apart, it didn't – have the same effect. You couldn't really play like Lowry and Lou Williams together, or you definitely couldn't play Lou Williams and DeRozan together. But now like with this crew, you've got, you know, CJ miles, who's interchangeable with anybody and, you know, has had a number of field days against the Washington wizards over the years in every uniform. Uh, you've got Fred Van Vliet, assuming he's healthy, which, you know, we'll see. Um, he did hurt his shoulder on Wednesday, but, um, you know, he can, he's interchangeable. He can play with anybody and, you know, they can go with Valanchunas is more an offensive minded center, or they can go with Pirtle, who's more of a def- defensive minded center. It, it works like it's more kind of, you can swap the parts out. And so like, I, I don't know if that criticism really holds up here. Yeah. Like, I, I, I think the, um, you know, the, the biggest thing that the Wizards have, um, going for them is that I feel like their three best players are better in uh, in total than the Raptors' three best players. Like I think you can argue that Demar Derozan might be the best player um, overall um, out of all of them, but like there's you can also argue that he's not right. right. And and so like I, I guess that's important in the playoffs, but also the Wizards' front court is is as bad as it's ever been. Absolutely. And yeah, that's, that's going to be a a really big problem, especially when, um, when Siakam and and Pertle are on the floor, like they're springy athletic dudes and the Wizards front court just cannot move. Yeah. And I was, I don't know, for some reason I had talked to myself into the idea that the Raptors don't get to the paint a lot and that might be the Wizards saving grace. Uh, but then I looked it up, and they're uh, seventh in points in the paint per hundred possessions. So, uh, not feeling great about that now. Um, 
I, I mean, you know, maybe some of that dynamic changes in the playoffs. You know, I think uh, the bench, you know, probably played a, a bigger hand in that than the starters, but it's still, you know, something you have to account for. Um, but yeah, so I, I, I think that is going to be an issue, but at the same time, I think the Raptors don't mind playing big and it's, it's almost a saving grace in, in some other senses that, you know, the wizards don't have to try their, their small lineups, which are either very good or very bad, depending on the situation. And, um, you know, I, I think it's easier to get something productive out of Gortat and something productive out of Mahimi in this series compared to some other series. Yeah, that's, that's fair. I, I think, um, you know, I, I, I just feel like their only hope here is that, and like, we're, we, we have to keep in mind that we're talking about a, a one seed versus an eight seed, right? Which is exactly like, like this doesn't happen often. Like it's, it, it, Probably isn't going to happen. The Wizards most likely are not going to win this series. Even though, like, I, I feel like as an eighth seed, you can do a lot worse. I, I don't, I'm not sure if the Wizards like this is super corny, and and people say this all the time about eight seeds. But like, I don't feel like the Wizards are like a, a true eight seed. Mm-hmm. Um, but like, they're they're. Their saving grace is that they find a lineup that works, right? And w- whether that's that's big or small, and I, I feel like it would be a, um, a small one, that w- one that they just really haven't used, which, like, you can go to that um, Porter and Oubre uh, front court again with, um, with Gortat, because, I mean, that lineup's been consistently good but also has not been played very much. Again, um, for the second year in a row, uh, but you can go to that and that can be productive. You can you can try just um, you can try Mahimi there. Um, maybe you try Scott. Just don't try Markeith Morris. <laughs> um, but you know, I, and and also you have um, Sadoransky who might fit in to that lineup at, at somewhere. But but like these are lineups that the Raptors haven't seen that they won't be able to pre- prepare for, right? And and so. If something like that works, maybe you can see them pulling off an upset, but like that's just not likely. Right. Well, well, you know who the Raptors don't have any game film on this year? Who? Ty Lawson. <laughs> so, see, see, the the Wizards have have completely oh, God. completely game the system, and they're just gonna like they slowly whittle it out. Us. They yeah. figured it out. Just in the playoffs now, championship. Right. So. <laughs> Yeah, I, I mean, it, it is, like you said, you know, I, I think DeRozan has had the best year of anybody on either side. But if Wall is healthy, big if, but at least he's gotten here, he's going to be fresher than the other stars because he hasn't played. Um, and he's looked pretty healthy in the three games he played. Um, and he looked really, really good against the Celtics. I mean, the Celtics aren't um, anything to write home about right now, but. He I mean, looked really good. Though. Like they were still yeah. a team. Yeah. And so like I think if Wall can be that guy, he's still just more dynamic, more, you know, whatever you want to call it than anybody Toronto has, even though you know the Raptors have like functionally become the best versions of themselves uh this season. Uh you know, Wall just has that, you know, even 
when Toronto wants to do everything they can to stop him, he can still, in theory, get what he wants. He doesn't always take it, and that's been you know kind of a problem uh, this season with his pull-up jumpers. And you know, part of the pull-up jumper issue is that he hasn't been healthy. It kind of goes hand in hand. But, um, you know, if, if nothing else, it's good that the Wizards have a chip on their shoulder, and that's generally when they play their best. Um, you know, they don't always get up for, you know, the Rodney Purvises of the world. Jeez, but man. I cannot believe they lost that game. <laughs> the, yeah. the Magic were legitimately trying to lose. <laughs> like, they were right. actively playing no one. Right. Yeah, that was, that was a very uh, delicate dance that we should probably talk about for a second. Um, because I still don't know if the Wizards had a plan with how to approach that game or if they had a very deliberate plan but didn't really account for everything. Because on one hand, Bradley Beal played 37 minutes, which would suggest that they were trying to win the game. They're trying to win. But they also played Devin Robinson, who has not played all season for for 13 minutes. They played him extended minutes. And right. like he wasn't terrible in those minutes, right? But like he had the highest plus minus on the team. Dude. So technically it was actually a good coaching move. <laughs> yeah, because cause the um the magic did like, like they pulled away once he left the game. So right. I guess I guess that, that's a sign that that Devin Robinson's actually the team's MVP. <laughs> yeah. I mean he's gonna be like the Morris Almond of um, you know, this season. And you know we're gonna we're gonna wonder why we didn't cut someone else to play uh, Devin Robinson with Ty Lawson and give <laughs> the Raptors even more of what they hadn't seen. But um, but yeah, so it was kind of like it just felt like they could decide whether they wanted to lose or they wanted to win. And you know it was kind of almost brilliant there for a little bit because it was just kind of like hovering at like a two point game either way for half of the fourth quarter. And it's like, you know, if you slow roll this the right way, you know, you could kind of just, you know, you know, get what you want at the end. But then that also depends on you executing late in games, which has not happened (laughs) very much this season, even against the Rodney Purvises of the world. So, yeah. That's insane. I I just was, I I threw a fit. (laughs) I was just like, and like I don't normally get upset when um when they lose because like it, it's funny to me because like they're not the Wizards are an okay team right like they're an average team that I don't really have great expectations for but when the Magic are actively trying to tank out of a game they're handing you a game they're playing Rodney Purvis um Kim Birch number twenty five I don't know his name I don't know his name. And they're pulling away. It's just like, dude, like, I don't know. I don't know. Do you guys care? Like, like did you, it, 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 it was so weird. Last night was so weird. Yeah. And meanwhile, like, the, the Bucks were just like, no. No, we're not even. just like, we're, we're going to show up. We're going to yeah. step on the floor, and we're not going to try. Right. And, and yet, they were rewarded with the Boston Celtics because they knew <laughs> – Deep down, the Wizards would lose to the Magic, they and it wouldn't it. matter. They knew it. Yeah. They knew, we all knew it. We all knew it. Yeah. As soon as as soon as um, Anna Flalo hit that hit that bank three, I was just like, "Oh, it's a wrap. This is yeah. a game, right? Game's over." It's, yeah, it's um, 
it's uh, whatever the opposite of um, Winnie chopping it up is. It's, you know, Winnie just you just he's literally just sitting in a chair, sitting in a chair, just <laughs> thinking about his life choices and how we got there. Yeah, it was kind of frustrating because you know during the game I'm kind of you know um, we'll we'll go inside baseball here with blogs for a second. Uh, I'm pre-writing you know scenarios of. You know, okay, the Wizards clinched again, and they're going to face the Raptors, or they're going to face the Sixers, or they're going to face the Celtics. And I'm, you know, I'm writing the Sixers one uh, in the third quarter, and it's it's just like, why why am I doing this? I'm going to delete this in 20 minutes, and <laughs> you know, it's, but that's you know, that's that's life, and that's another story for another day. But, um. But yeah, so here it is, the Raptors. Um, you know, but but I think it's just something the ethos of this team is just kind of, you know, we're not going to, you know, make it eat not I'm saying this wrong. We don't care about optimizing our path. We just care about taking down whoever's in our way. Yeah. It and it's just like, you know, and then when you have, I guess, the the confidence in yourself that you think you can beat anybody, then it doesn't really matter who you play if you can beat them. And so I think that's just kind of why there wasn't necessarily that sense of urgency. They probably in their own minds interpret that as a sign of weakness. And in Markeith Morris's case, um, who went five of 15, he thought, well, I don't want to face my brother. And so, um, I will miss these shots. Although he did make a few at the end. So you can't say that he was deliberately trying to avoid his brother. He was one of the few reasons why uh, the wizards still had a shot. So, right. But yeah, um, yeah go ahead. No, no, okay. I, I have nothing to add. I, right. I, you, you, yeah. Yeah. But I, I mean, I, I really think what that game showed more than anything is that Beal just needs some rest. Yeah, for sure. Um, as as great as it is that, like you said, he's been the most consistent player. He played all 82 games. He finished top four in minutes played. Things that no one would have expected to hear two years ago. Um, he's showing the signs of it. He's showing that he has had to carry that burden. And, you know, and I think, you know, for all of, all of his foibles in late game situations that, yeah, are frustrating what he did to get the Wizards to where they are. Deserves a lot of credit. But now, you know, how do you manage him so that he can still be optimal? Because even if John Wall is the idealized version of himself that we hope he could be in the playoffs, if Beal is 85% of what he is, I don't think that's going to cut it. Yeah, because they need a shooter. Yeah, And, and they need, you know... You know, I think in an ideal world, if it's not Ty Lawson coming off the bench and it's Sadoransky and Beal, you kind of need him to be that not strictly point guard Beal, but en- enough of a creator to offset, you know, Sadoransky's lack of burst. Right. And so, you know, if he's kind of dead leg, that's not ideal. Although it's weird, even though he's been tired, he's still like, there were a few moments in that magic game where he just like got to the rim very easily. Yeah, because he's um, he's still good, right? Like he's still yeah. a really good good player. And I think it it's just it's really a shame that um 
that he's been running to the ground like this, to be honest. Yeah. Like there there were there were periods where it's like, dude, like you have got to get this dude on the bench. Right? He's gotta sit out a game or two. Even though even though you don't have wall, right? I, I feel like it, there were spots um you know, in this last stretch, it's this three-week stretch where, like, if you give Brad uh, a, um, a game or two off, maybe three, like, there are spaces where they probably win a little bit more um, because he's functioning in the clutch, right? Like, I, I, yeah. I think his, his clutch numbers are terrible this year, and, and the teams in general were, but, like, I think Brad specifically, his, his numbers were terrible this year because he was being run into the ground. Um, for most of the season, which is like, to, to his credit, again, like that, that's incredible for him when he couldn't even play literal games uh, three, four years ago, right? He was going two, three week stretches without actually playing because of stress, stress, uh, stress injuries in his leg or whatever he had. I don't remember what he had, but yeah, I, I, I mean, it, it's just, I it, it's just to say, it, it's one of the many um, errors I think Scott Brooks made this season, um, coaching this team. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and I mean, it's I I use the number a bit back, you know, when the Beal minute discussion was like has at its apex that you know the Wizards' record when Beal plays like over forty minutes has not been great, and you know that might be something I would guess probably a lot of stars that's the case just because you know if you're playing your stars heavy minutes it's probably because you're you know chasing good money after bad trying to make up for a slow start or whatever else but yeah it's just kind of like you know if you're relying on a tired bradley beal to you know get you to the finish line in a game that's just not a winning proposition um and so it's kind of like you're just better off playing him at what he is. And if you're not even in position to compete in those final four minutes, then you can, you know, maximize that even more. But, you know, I, I know Brooks has a different view on rest that way. And, you know, he, you know, that, you know, kind of minimizing practice time can kind of offset some of that. And, you know, there probably is some truth to that. And I'm not saying everything is about. I don't think there is. <laughs> yeah i i mean there's there's certain like i don't think it's i think you can play less in practice and that kind of helps offset some of the injury issues and you know maybe that's why beal has been healthy all year but like at the same time a guy that's played 44 minutes is less effective than a guy that's played 36 minutes you know right and and keep in mind how terrible the the wizard's schedule was at the end and, and not even as far as opponent but but just as far as four back-to-backs right um in the last couple of weeks like that that's difficult and and he's playing all of those games 37 36 plus minutes like it's not good it's not a good look yeah and in some i think that's in a, in a lot of ways the weirdest way where they missed wall just you know when Wall's on the floor, like the Wizards almost always have a five, 10 point lead in the first quarter. And that buys you some time later in the game, even though, you know, say what you want about how the Wizards close games, at least, you know, because you have a little bit of a head start, you have a better chance of holding on. Right. So, 
you know, hopefully that plays into their hands because again, yeah, I don't know if the wizards have figured anything out. I don't see any reason why their late game offense is going to be any different than what it's been all season. I mean, they, I don't know where that element comes into play, but, um, you know, we should probably try to um, talk a little bit about closing lineups because I think um, it, it's kind of a blessing and a curse to not have that one defined lineup of death that you can roll out against anybody. Um, you know, the Wizards have tried a bunch of different things this season. Um, none have really worked all that well, but some have kind of at least shown some uh, glimmers of hope. So um, I guess push comes to shove. What are your five players that you have closing out a game in this series to try to get a win? Um, I, I think, uh, me personally, I go back to that. The I guess I can't really call it a classic because it isn't played as much, but the um, Porter, uh, Ubre, Gortat, Beal, and, and Wall lineup. Like that lineup for the last two years has been one of the best in the league, and it's it hasn't it just hasn't been played much. Um, part of that this year is probably due to John Wall's health. Um, I mean, it definitely is, right? Because like when he's right. not available for half of the season, you can't play it actively. But even when he, he was healthy, they didn't play it a lot. Um, you you generally didn't see, um, you know, Porter and Oubre sharing minutes on the floor um, a lot. And, and maybe that's because of um, Otto Porter's hip, right? Like he, he's been battling with, with hip injuries all year. And maybe that's... Um, some not trusting Kelly Oubre to to stay on the floor, um, or, or make good sound decisions while he's on the floor. Um, but but I, I just feel like uh, playing those two together. One, I, I think it's probably better for the long uh, long term benefit of the team. Um, still, especially if you're going to have both of those guys together long term, and you're going to end up having to pay Kelly Oubre a lot of money probably. Um, and and two, I just think it's probably a bit better for the guards um, in terms of uh, spacing. Like I, I think if they just do a, a four out type thing or a four, four out and one in type thing where you have Gortat or, or maybe you have Morris or Scott and you can do a, a five out kind of thing, but like you just need to get your guards space and, and allow them to, to operate on that side because that's where they perform best. So. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, this season, um, you know, Wall, Beal, Ubre, Porter, Gortat. Uh, they've played about 200 minutes and they're plus 14.8 net rating, which is pretty good. Yeah. Uh, the offense is, you know, pretty solid, not like blazing hot, but better than average. And then their defense is really what's carrying them. They're like a, like a 95.4 defensive rating, which is, you know, that'll, that'll get it done. Um, I just, you know, and, I think there's been times where people have said, you know, maybe have Morris on the floor instead of Gortat um, because he's a little more switchable. He can, you know, get you. Yeah, but he doesn't try on defense, right? Like, that would be be great in theory if, one, Keith was smart with his switches, right? Because, like, whenever you see, like, miscommunication with the switch, it's oftentimes – on him, mm-hmm. right, and and then you end up with Gortat on on some perimeter dude, right? That you right. that you don't want. And then when Gortat's not on the floor, there's just a, a wide open lane to the rim or a backdoor cut, 
or something like that because Keith just isn't paying attention. So like I, I've I've never really liked that lineup, but you like you said, pe- people do like it. I, I didn't mean to cut you off though. No, 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 you're good. And and I mean I think you know in that Cleveland game they kind kind of tried a a slightly different variation with Scott and Morris uh, along with Porter Beal and Wall and just. <sighs> In that one, you know, there was just no rim protection, so LeBron got whatever he wanted. LeBron um, literally just dribbling the ball down the floor. Yeah. And so, like, I'm not as concerned about that in, like, a, a Toronto series because I think, you know, Lowry and DeRozan are more apt to go for the dagger three than the, you know, try to get to the rim and, you know, make something happen. But I, I still just – I don't trust it and – at least offensively, I'd rather have the better screen setter at that point. Yeah. Because it's like, we know the Wizards probably aren't going to run the most complex stuff in the world late in games. But at least if you have Gortat screening Wall or Beals Man, it gives them a better shot of getting clear to make something happen. Whereas with Morris, it's just, you're probably just going to end up kicking it out to Morris because they're going to live with a Morris three um, before they you know, let Waller be able to do something at the rim. Right. So, yeah, I, I think I would probably lean to Gortat as the big in that scenario. But I think there's also, you know, an argument to be made that the Wizards should play Sato instead of Ubre as the three. Um, yeah. what, do, what do you think of that? I wouldn't be mad at that. I think, um, especially with the way that Ubre has been playing lately, I, I honestly don't like to see him lose minutes because and I, I just don't think that's good for his um, his confidence. Like, just he he's an emotional player, and that kind of stuff gets to him. So, like, I think for the long term, it might be better for him to play, but he's not as good as Sadoransky right now. And I think um, Sado he has shown that he can shoot. Um, so if the defense leaves him, he can knock down a, a spot-up shot. He's better, uh, more capable off the dribble, um, especially in that um, that mid-range area around the um, the free throw line. Like he he's almost automatic from there. Has a lot of touch. Um, I just think it, I I feel like that that will work, but I I honestly do worry about um, you know. D- d- how that works defensively if he has to guard um, a, a bigger guy and right. I, I'm not sure because because the Raptors they they're, they're going to run that lineup where they have Lowry Van Vliet and DeRozan on the floor at the same time and I just don't know um, I I don't know how uh, Sadoransky would, would would perform against DeRozan he's a really good defender don't get me wrong but um, guarding DeRozan especially being isolated that's a that's really tough for anybody to do. So, so I would rather uh, um, a super active guy do that. But like, I, I'm not. I, I would want to see how it works. Um, I guess, especially against the Raptors. But, but like, I, I think it can definitely work, though. Yeah, I mean, I, I really, I still like the idea of Porter on DeRozan. I know it's not the 2015 playoffs anymore. DeRozan's game has evolved. He can you know, take guys off the dribble a little bit better, which is where you can still uh, burn Porter a bit defensively. But yeah, I mean, I think it just depends on, you know, if the Raptors are willing to kind of have, you know, that defensive guy who can't really shoot all that much, whether it's, you know, Ananobi or Siakam or, you know, I mean, maybe not, I don't think you want Sadoransky on a Baca, as weird as that sounds, if he was in the game, but like, 
you know, there, there's some ways that, you know, you could hide him or someone else if you thought the matchup was right. But I mean, I still, I just think like Ubre makes more sense. Like in just, we've seen it. We know it works. It should work in the playoffs, but you know, for coaches, you know, it's all about trust and I'm not sure Brooks trust Ubre. Um, he didn't last year in the playoffs. And, uh, you know, if, if Ubre has a two for 10 game, you know, game one, um, and the Raptors are just leaving him open, daring him to shoot and he can't knock him down. Uh, it could get ugly pretty quick. And, you know, the thing is we haven't really seen wall Beal, Sato and Porter play together much this season. Uh, they've played 14 minutes together and, um, like their their plus minus is not good. I mean, it's only fourteen minutes and it's like spread over seventeen games, so it's just like these little it's too small of a sample. Yeah. To tell anything from it's it's so because there are a lot of lineups like that. Yeah, where I'm just like this lineup just hasn't had a, enough run, and like I, I kind of go to John Wall being hurt almost immediately, but like I almost feel like that's giving Scott Brooks a pass because John Wall did play forty one games. And for them to not try some of these things is, is kind of weird um, to me, especially like considering the, um, like they have a really, a really versatile roster, but they just don't use it that way mm-hmm. uh, for whatever reason. It, at least that, that's how I feel anyway. I'm not sure if you, if you see the same thing. Yeah, no, I, I think there's a lot of interchangeability, um, but you know, Brooks, you know, he's got that kind of, mindset where he'd rather have guys who have continuity with one another. And, um, and I get that in principle, but yet at the same time, the bench has changed a lot. We've had like, you know, four different backup point guards, possibly five, depending on how, uh, this, uh, playoff run plays out. Um, so it's kind of, um, you know, what, what's really going to happen when it's push comes to shove. I feel like there hasn't, you know, when there's been those situations, it, there's been a lot of different answers this year. And, um, you know, I don't, I, I still think at the end of the day, like the loss and thing doesn't affect any of that, but it, it does make things weirder and it does make you go, Hmm, you know, what, what do the wizards see? What do they think they're missing? What do they think they can fix? And, and I guess that's at the end of the day, the thing that really, as we kind of shook about this series is I don't think the wizards know what, the answer is right. Um, other than just hope John Wall is healthy and that's enough to overcome, you know, the Raptors, you know, good, but not great stars. And right. And that's, um, that's a lot to bet on, but you know, Wall has, Lowry has to show up. Yeah. And you know, if uh, I mean, here's what I'll say about the Raptors. Cause you know, as you know, the whole, the Raptors can't win game one is kind of like this recurring joke now. In the same way that, you know, the Wizards swept the Raptors in the 2015 playoffs. People forget that. Um, Always forget that. You have to remind them all all the time. Always. Got to tap that sign. Um, But, like, every game one the Raptors have ever had has been, like, at a weird start time. And I think that's kind of an underrated aspect of this. Like, not to, like, be like, oh, the Raptors are, you know, you know, victims and all this. But, you know. That 
Uh-huh. I, I think they're I think they're a team of habit, and when they have to start games at three o'clock or noon or five thirty, you know that probably throws a rhythm off a bit. It just gets so, weird. It gets weird, man. Yeah. So yeah, I just you know we'll see. I I, I think um you know yeah the Wizards will have a chip on their sol- shoulders, but we can't forget uh, the Raptors also have a big chip on their shoulder to prove that uh, this is not 2015, and you know they can you know beat a team without Paul Pierce. So. I think that would be good for them. So. <laughs> right. And, and let's not forget that the Raptors have, like, they're, they're like, far and away, um, in terms of net rating, the, the best team in the East, right? Like, they're right. also one of the best three or four teams in the league overall. So, like, this is a really good team. Yeah. Like, it, it's it's not, you know, there there are some weaknesses that carry over from a few years back, but this is a much different team. and. They're much better defensively, which I think was an underrated aspect of why Toronto was so bad in that 2015 series. They just didn't have people who could defend. There wasn't a cohesive system, and now there is. Right. And that that doesn't really play into Washington's hands because, you know, they're better in transition than half court. And, you know, if this game grinds down, that's probably better for Toronto than Washington. So, all right. So I think we've uh, broken this down about as much as we can without pulling our hair out and, you know, diving more into Rodney Purvis. So what is your final prediction uh, for this series, Mike Sykes? Uh, Raptors in six. Um, I don't remember if I said six or five. I'm, I'm going with six, though. Um, I think the Wizards probably take game game one. Um, just historically going off the Raptors yips and in the playoffs for, for whatever reason that they get them. I feel like that that won't not be a thing this year. So, um, yeah, I, I just think the wizards have a, a lot of talent and they'll be able to pull out a couple games. Um, but at the end of the day, they're, they're not a better team. So, yeah. Yeah. I was, I was all prepared to uh, come in and be Raptors in five here, but um, after talk with you, you know, I, f- I feel a little bit better about the Wizards. Um, you know, the Ty Lawson lineup could be a game changer. Um, and, you know, it's I, – I, I think, you know, there is still some echoes of 2015. It won't be the same, and that's why the result will be different, I believe. You know, barring, you know, John Wall hitting supernova mode, which, you know, we can't rule it out, but we can't count on it. Right. So – yeah, I'm going to go Raptors in six as well, but I don't feel great about it. And I'm really not looking forward to uh, the Raptors. Like, I, I if, if the Raptors are going to win, I'd rather it be in five or seven than six. Just, I, I don't want them yeah. celebrating on Washington's home floor. But yeah, that's, but again, you know, the thing to always remind yourself is that, you know, whatever path is the most painful is probably the one um, we will take. So, Buckle up. It'll be a great ride. It's also probably the one that is most necessary to make the team better. So, Yes. Yeah, and I mean, that's, I I think in the sadistic way, kind of, you know, what you really hope. You know, Washington, either they have to prove that they can just turn the switch and we're just going to have to learn to live with, you know, a bunch of 45-win seasons so they can play like a 60-win team in the playoffs or they have to realize that they can't turn the switch on and they have to be, uh, more disciplined through the grind of the season. All right. So, yeah. So, um, Mr. Sykes, thank you again. 
Thank you, Mr. Whitaker. Yes. Uh, here's to uh, hoping we get to chop it up at least one or two more times. Oh, I'm pulling uh, Winnie out. Yeah. At least one more time. Even yeah, if you, they get swept, he's coming out. Like I, I think, I think I if think they do get swept, we just have to have <laughs> one chop it up for um, Beal staying healthy, <laughs> and uh, we'll just go with that. Yeah, I'm. I'm here for that. I'm here for that. Shout out to Winnie the Pooh, man. Yeah, man. Yeah, I'm. I'm not. I'm not looking forward to that. Um, you know that live action version they're doing where he looks like an actual teddy bear, but oh, like, yeah. a, like. I'm I'm out I'm out on that also. Like it's, the movie's called Christopher Robin, and like nobody cared about Christopher Robin, dude. Like he he was Caillou before Caillou. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Just a nuisance. Just just here to start trouble. Right. But you know, um, you know, Caillou uh, is from Canada. Therefore, a Raptors fan. Therefore, wow. all the reason you need. <laughs> uh, full circle. Yeah, explains a lot, really. So, wow. um, yeah. So, okay, yeah, we uh, hit all, all all the main points and talked about Caillou. So, uh, great podcast. Bye.